Welcome to the Let's Talk Money and More podcast with me, Leslie Thomas. The aim of the podcast is to get us all talking about money more. Talking about money is still considered to be a taboo. We don't talk about money enough. Women don't talk about money enough. And that needs to stop. In this podcast, my guests and I talk about money, mindset, and how to turn around limiting beliefs, allowing you to develop a healthy, wealthy money mindset. Our relationship with money doesn't just affect our finances, but impacts every aspect of our business. And most of all, our own sense of self-value and self-worth. By mastering your mindset, you can in turn master the money you make in your business. Welcome to the latest episode of Let's Talk Money and More. And with a now, I hope, familiar pattern, this week's episode is a guest one. And I'm really excited to speak to my guest, who is Tiara Womack, MBA. Tiara is a multiple best-selling author, radio host of the Mind Your Business show, speaker and founder of The Brave Way. She is a serial multi-platform mompreneur of 17 years whose businesses have generated over seven figures. As a human design-based business mentor, alignment and wealth coach, Tiara helps female founders, experts and thought leaders shift their money-sabotaging habits, align their business with their purpose and learn how to earn seven figures a year, working less than eight days a month with VIP days based on their expertise and human design. Thanks very much for agreeing to come on the podcast, Sierra. It's absolutely lovely to have you here. It is my pleasure, Leslie. Thank you so much for having me today. So I'm going to ask you the same question I ask all my guests. What is your money story? My money story is one of compromise compromising my values for lifestyle. So growing up, I, um, my parents had me very young, 17 years old. And growing up, however, we seemed to have everything we needed as far as my, my little mind could see. And of my family, my mother's side was a little bit more well off. My father's side wasn't as much, but he would be what I feel like is considered the most successful of the siblings. He had a very large family, um, 11 brothers and sisters, and was the baby. So I say all of that because when my um, parents divorced when I was seven, I then felt the effects of not having that additional presence in the home financially. I saw my mother... um, struggle. It was the the typical single mom struggling um, story. And so at seven, that affected me because prior to seven, my world was amazing. You know, I was surrounded by, I had an abundance in the sense of love and, you know, big family and and we always had what we needed. So um, at seven years old, I realized that money makes a difference. And, um, you know, watching my mother um, do the very best she could and, uh, you know, do a phenomenal job raising my sister and I, my little sister and I, um, somehow I equated um, money with not having to struggle. 
and, you know, in, in having a two parent home with, with not having to struggle. So fast forward to uh, me as an adult, I, I was blessed to be in not one, but two long-term narcissistic abusive relationships. And I say blessed because it really, um, molded me into the, the person I am today, right? Now that I can look back and, and say that, but I know that I um, stayed in those relationships longer than I should have because of the lifestyle, because they were, uh, you know, wealthy and it was a wealthy lifestyle. And at the same time, I've, as an entrepreneur for 17 years, I was top of the leaderboard in the community, you know, seven figure business, seven-figure home, seven-figure life, but I was bottom of the leaderboard in, in my home, mm-hmm. right? In these relationships. And so it was scary for me to think about being now the single mom, right? Which I equated to struggle. Um, I wanted that, that, that two-parent home for my sons. And so I stayed and, and it came to a certain point where I realized that I no longer wanted my sons to see me compromise my values for lifestyle, which ultimately, ultimately I realized I was doing. And it was very important for me to show my sons what healthy relationships look like, not only with their intimate partners when they grow older, but with their mother and also with money, right? To understand that you don't have to live a life that makes you unhappy because of money, So I would say that is one aspect to my money story. And then also another aspect to my money story is making money and miserable, right? Because I was an entrepreneur and a successful entrepreneur, but I was in businesses that I just saw a need for versus being passionate about. They were very um, male dominated industries, very boring industries to me, but I had businesses in them because they made money. Yeah. And so, you know, with money being the driver, um, it, it wasn't a place of um, passion or excitement or aliveness for me. Um, and so I, I realize now that, that that was a big part of my money story, just putting the coffee shop where people wanted coffee versus me never drinking coffee. And that's like, a real story. <laughs> so, you know, just, just uh, getting to a point now where I realize that my money story doesn't have to be that my money story doesn't have to be one of fear, uh, like what I saw in my community and um, in my family, where it's like the case of the have and the have nots. Um, you know, I just realized now that my money story can be whatever I want to create from this point forward. And I love what you said, but it's had, it's really had me thinking because As you know, doing what you do, that, you know, our money story, our money beliefs are usually formed between the ages of naught and seven. Mm -hmm. And so your money story initially was one where money was abundant, money was relatively easily come about and you had what you wanted to have that situation then change because of your mum and dad going through a split in their marriage to then seeing money not being so abundant, but your money story was already formed. So you went into these relationships that became narcissistic because it appeared to be fulfilling what your money story was all about, i.e. plenty of money around creating that lifestyle that you wanted 
but you weren't actually in a relationship that was giving you what you wanted. And I I I think that is fascinating that your money story was almost taken away from you at that very stage, just as it had been set. So what did you have to do in terms of readjusting your your values, the fact that, yes, you had to the outside world all the money that you would need, you had that lifestyle, but actually you didn't have the life that you wanted. What did you have to do to get back in flow with your values? Well, Leslie, I had to go back to zero. I had to go back to zero um, so that I, well, I didn't, I didn't go willingly in the sense of, but it was a need. It it, it had to happen. I had to literally walk away from everything um, just in order to sustain and and survive and and be there for my, um, my employees and my, my children. Um, At the time I had 40 employees and it's like, you can't show up if you're, you know, not, not fully there. And so um, for me, walking away from everything, put me back at zero, but it was such a blessing because it allowed me to get back to the core of who I am, my passions, what I enjoy in life. Because when you are in those narcissistic relationships, you really become a shell of yourself. Mm. And so by me getting back to me, it allowed me to um, realign with what lit me up in life and in business and, um, it also allowed me to rebuild a, a business that's based on passion that um, that you know is is aligned with with my values, and it's been beyond a pleasure at this point being in this this coaching and mentoring space. Um, my first year of business, I made six figures, and and this is coming from sleeping on a couch with my sons, which thankfully they thought it was a big sleepover because it was you know, a a house of a a best friend, but coming from literally walking away from everything to making six figures and, and just being so specific about taking it slow in the sense of, does this light me up in the moment? If it doesn't, you know, having the courage to not go after it just because it's a good business opportunity or, you know, a part of that, that old money story that I, I carried. I've said this before, you know, when it comes to being you know, an entrepreneur, when it comes to being a business owner, you know, I get the sense it's something that we are born with because whilst it can be, you know, you can go through the feast and famine of clients and of revenue, largely we keep going until we hit that sweet spot of success rather than go, oh, well, I'm going to throw it all in and I'm going to go back and I'm going to work for somebody. And even though I might hate working for somebody, actually, I'm going to do it because it's an, it's an easier option than going through the, the highs and lows of being an entrepreneur. What stopped you from doing that, keeping going, rebuilding your business, mm-hmm. having the success that you now have? Blind faith. You know, I, it's so funny about four months in to, you know, making my, my mentoring an official business, I was laying in bed and I cried, well, cried laughing. It wasn't, it was like 
la- I actually was laughing because I'm like, Tara, what are you doing? Luckily, I didn't give myself a chance to really think about it and have those fears and the limiting beliefs come in. I just jumped in because I was like, I need to show other women coming out of abusive relationships who are scared of that financial piece. You know, they're used to a certain lifestyle and I need to show them they can do it. I need to show them and inspire them. So for me, it was like this push to do that. And also to show my sons, like, you know, watch mommy rebuild and, and show you what a a loving home and, and all of that looks like. Right. And so that, I, I like listening to you ask that question. It never even occurred to me to go work for someone else in the moment because I've been an entrepreneur 17 years. It's all I, I know. And, um, and, and, you know, like you said, it just, it takes a certain individual. One thing that I, I really hate to see is, is this push for everyone to be a boss because I feel like those who aren't natural entrepreneurs who are lit up in their careers, who are lit up working with others and and for others, so to speak, then they they feel as though something's wrong with them Mm -hmm. because they, that's not their money story is to go be an entrepreneur. But for me, I can't imagine um, doing anything else, um, you know, the alchemy of having a thought and bringing it to creation and, and being blessed with other people who believe in your vision and, and seeing it come to be. And, um, it just never occurred to me to do anything else. Thankfully at the time, because, uh, when I was in a, that very vulnerable state, um, I don't think it would have been anything wrong with me going and working for someone else while I rebuild. I think the smartest thing a lot of entrepreneurs can do sometimes is work for someone else and save money until they're at a point where they can hit those lows that you and I know about that come and uh, you still have money to take care of you and your family. And then, you know, until you can branch out from there. And I think that that actually is the smartest thing to do. So had I had that opportunity, I probably would have taken it, but I didn't. So it was just literally starting from zero and, um, and, and building. So, you know, thankfully it worked out. And I love what you said there about the alchemy of thought I think that is a you know, lovely, lovely phrase. And I think it is something that entrepreneurs, to a certain extent, we take for granted the ability that we have to take a thought and turn it into reality, to give something a go. And if it doesn't work, to go and do something else within our business. And something else you said earlier on in the conversation really struck me as well in terms of doing what lights you up. And I know from my own personal experience, you know, having left corporate life to join my husband in his business, whilst at the time that allowed me to have a career and do the school run and be there for sports day, etc. Mm-hmm. I didn't actually enjoy the job that I was doing. It was very functional. It was probably wasn't quite boring, but it was it didn't have me jumping out of bed in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I was determined to find something for this next chapter of my life that I really, really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And do you think that that sets this generation, our generation, and you know, and the subsequent generation, our children, our children's children, mm-hmm. do you think that sets us apart from our parents? Because I don't know about you, but my parents, you know, it was kind of 
job for life mentality. And if you didn't mm-hmm. like your job, you made your bed, you lay in it. Mm-hmm. Whereas these mm-hmm. days, we probably have more of an expectation. And if we're not enjoying something, then it's incumbent upon us to go and do something that we do enjoy. Oh, my goodness. You know, you just hit on so much right there. One thing I, I want to say before I answer that question is you brought up the, the point of, you know, as an entrepreneur, doing something that lights us up and works out. And if it doesn't, then we pivot to something else as an entrepreneur. And as a woman, I learned that from my male counterparts. Other women that I saw in entrepreneurship, they kind of created that mentality that our parents had in their entrepreneurial endeavor where they did the XYZ and they did it for 30 years, right? And um, even if it no longer lit them up, um, even if it was no longer working, they still had that loyalty that we were raised in to a, a career. It just was under the mask of entrepreneur versus all of the men that I was working you know, around in those C-suites with, they were pivoting like crazy. So I learned that very young watching them that, oh, okay. So when something doesn't work out or, you know, parts of the team, you pivot, you shift. They did it with such ease Mm. where I feel like as women, we have, these are our babies, these businesses. And so we have a little bit more like, well, no, we have to make it work. We have to, you know, make this thrive. And and so I, I did learn that. So I love that you, you touched on that point. But um, going back to, to your last question, as a, an older millennial, I was part of that generation of you, you get good grades, you go to college, you get a career, you'll be set for life. And my MBA literally is in entrepreneurship. So from very young, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but this was at a time when it was scary. When you were the risk taker, you were crazy not to go get your 401k and your pension and everything else um, for retirement. And so, you know, in those moments and those fluctuations as an entrepreneur, um, those lower highs, I like to say, it made me look at my friends who are in their little cushy, boring jobs And they got off, they went in at eight, they got off at four and, you know, they were doing all the things. And I'm like, did I make the right decision? But, you know, luckily uh, those highs are really high in entrepreneurship when everything clicks and comes together. But there were those moments of guilt of, um, you know, not going down that corporate path that our parents were in and um, me being around my mother and seeing her in those long-term career paths that, didn't light her up knowing that she had other desires. It was almost like I was able to be that embodiment for her by me going out and living my passions because she, she just wasn't of that generation. And um, I feel like today, a lot of the entrepreneurs, it's a a little bit of a mix of sometimes pivoting too quickly, Mm -hmm. like not allowing things to really go through those natural ebbs and flows. And then also uh, being brave enough to say, you know what, this isn't quite working out and I'm, I'm, you know, knocked down a little bit, but I'm going to get right back up. So it's like a little, a, a little bit of that, that I'm seeing in the market, but I just, especially with the younger generations that I speak with, I'm like, listen, if you want to go into a career, just make sure it lights you up because there are some amazing businesses that our entrepreneurial counterparts are creating that, you know, are a joy to work within. So it's like, as long as you are um, being lit up by whatever it is you're doing, then I think it's it's fine. 
Yeah, no, I agree. Absolutely. And as far as your children are concerned, you know, with being a wealth coach, what is your approach with them in terms of their relationship with money? You know, they were raised um, with a lot of access to money. And so it was always very important to me to show them generosity with money, um, with us doing school drives and um, just different acts of uh, giving back um, through, from when they were literal babies um, to, you know, today when they're 10 and 15. And so it's almost like they expect they, they, they expect a certain, you know, life and, and access to, to money or access to the opportunities that money can provide. But at the same time, they have such a heart of generosity that I see in them that I'm so grateful for, um, where to me, it doesn't seem like money defines them as much as it did me when I was younger. Um, so, um, I'm grateful for that. You know, I, I really do want them to understand that, um, the doors money opens, mm-hmm. right. Um, in, in ways that you can then serve others. So it's not about just accumulating money. So you have the things, but it's really important that I have taught them that you accumulate that money and money energy so that you can then serve others in massive ways. And so, um, for me, serving lights me up. That's really why I like making a lot of money because I like to put smiles on people's faces as much as possible. And I see that in my boys too. So, you know, we're always like doing things for other people and, um, you know, not depleting ourselves to the sense of, you know, giving back to we have none left, but it's like just acting and in, in living in a way of service where the more money we have, the more we get to do. So it becomes fun for us. Yeah. And that's really um, how I like to live and, yeah. and why I love success so much and why I love money so much. You know, it's not a materialistic thing. It's like the freedom and the opportunities that it that it allows um, the, the choice to yeah. live how I want to live that my family didn't necessarily have or, you know, my aunts and uncles and other cousins when I was younger. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. And, you know, that that has always been my philosophy and exactly what I say to my clients, you know, in terms of money isn't the end goal. The end mm-hmm. goal is what you can do with money, the choices mm-hmm. it creates, the freedom mm-hmm. it gives you to make those choices. You know, what, what I notice with my children, and it always surprises me, is how very, very different. And I have two boys as well, they're similar age to yours, mine are 16 and 13. The different attitude that they have to money, mm-hmm. even though they've been brought up by exactly the same two parents with exactly <laughs> the same outlook. And, you know, my 16-year-old is very much, you know, heavily, it always has been into, you know, branded clothes, you know, very mm-hmm. expensive branded clothes. Mm-hmm. Whereas my 13-year-old is pretty much put my clothes out, mum, I'll put them on, <laughs> don't really care what I wear. He'll save. He is a big, big saver. But my 16-year-old, you know, as soon as he's got it, you know, it's gone again. Do you see that in your children? Do they have the same approach to money or completely different? They they both have more of that approach that your 16-year-old does. Um, although there are moments where it's almost like they have a combination of your boys for the most part. So they do like the, you know, branded clothes and everything, but they're in that stage. You know how it is where it's like they, 
their their outer is their you know reflection and especially with like social media and everything so they like to look like you call it look fly and you know take their own pictures and everything but at the same time then if we're just running down the street like they'll just throw something on and and, you know and i'm like wait a minute like what are what are we doing here you know and they're like ma like you know we don't care so it's a little bit of of both of that but um i know for me i do like the quality of you know, uh, certain branded clothes, clothes, but then I also get a rush with, um, vines. Like I, I don't know if you have the Dollar Tree store there. So it's like, even when I, you know, am, am at the top of the top in regards to income, I still love like little, um, clothing and things of that nature that are very inexpensive because I feel like it's like the embodiment of, you know, what you are, um, wearing versus like the the price tag but yeah the boys they they kind they right now are in that like name brand phase for sure for sure and they have much more of that awareness yeah yeah yeah, for sure so you, you you talked earlier on about how you were thankful for the two narcissistic relationships you were in because you seem to have an attitude of life happens for me not happens to me. So you are the person you are today because of everything that you've gone through. What would you say is the best lesson that you have learned to date with regards to money when you think back on all those lessons that you have learned? Well, being with them um, got me to this point now where alignment in business is the most important thing. Alignment creates the money and the people and the resources and everything else. And had I, had they not been narcissists, I feel like I may have just gone through life, like just been going through the motions, making the money and not being fulfilled. So it's, it's like having those experiences, which made me stop and turn back within and, you know, reconnect closer with source with, with God for me. And, and it was just like, okay, no, I can make money and be lit up, you know? So it's like those experiences allowed me to do that. And then also understanding that for me being with narcs, it's almost like a badge of honor in the sense of um, they don't break into poor houses, they break into mansions. So although in those moments, it doesn't feel good, it's like they only go for the best of the, of the best. And so I uh, was looking at, you know, my worth and, and what I felt worthy of having in my life, not only money, but, but, you know, as far as, again, those healthy relationships. And it's like, no, I deserve that because I am worthy, um, despite having attracted these narcissists and, um, and understanding that again, for narcissist ego, they always go for like, you know, the very best that they think they can, they can have around them. So, um, the the whole experience um I, I feel like has really gotten me to such a, an authentic beautiful place in life that that was just like but you know also knowing my human design and 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 something that i speak with with my clients it actually is like a part of my soul journey to go through those experiences so that i can inspire other people who may be in those so it's like now that i'm on the, the other side of that i can really look back and say wow you know I, I went through it i came out to me even better on the other side and am not, and am able to live such a beautiful authentic aligned life now that i just don't think i would have gotten to if i didn't have to to you know walk away from everything 
Yeah. I'd love you to share a bit more about human design because it's not something that I know very much about at all. I understand (laughs) money archetypes because that is something I teach on. But I would love you to share with listeners a little bit more for those who don't know very much about human design. Yeah, so human design is is a modality that pulls on a lot of uh, various um, Eastern modalities and things of that nature, chakra system. But essentially, it is this thought that we all are here to fulfill a purpose, a life purpose. And the human design shows us how we are energetically capable of fulfilling and were energetically created to fulfill that purpose to a T. And although, you know, certain people in the world have similar or the same life purpose, we are all created differently to fulfill that. No two people have the same human design. It's like your soul fingerprint. So for me, human design changed my life. Um, not just the information, because for any anyone listening, if they've ever dove into human design, it is a lot. And it is very, you know, it can be complex. But when you integrate the information, that's when it became, becomes really transformational. Because, for instance, there are um, five energy types. And so um, one of the en- energy types is a projector. And projectors, I call them like the great guides. So they, they are archetypes like what you use within your, your coaching. And so projectors, for instance, are only here to work two to four hours per day. However, they may have been raised or conditioned to feel as though they are what's called a generator energy type, which is what I am. And so generators are the only energy type that can work within our passion and and be lit up and go nonstop and regenerate our energy. So if a projector works in that capacity because they think that um, they've been conditioned to think they, they are of that hustle, 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 right, for success, then they burn out. They burn out, right? Whereas a generator, I can wake up, lit up, work all day in my business, in my passion, go to sleep exhausted. That is a fulfilled day for a generator. And then I am able to replenish for the next day. So it's like just understanding those nuances um, where you may have thought in the past something was wrong with you because business was so difficult or money came to you and it seemed like you just had to always work so hard for it. Um, relationships in business or in life just didn't seem to really click. And it's like, once you understand your human design and how you um, were created to innately move in business and, 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 and align your passion in your business with your purpose in life, you go, you do a lot of aha, like there's a lot of, oh my goodness, that makes sense now. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a modality that is still pretty new on the radar in regards to its usage and yeah. integration in life and business. But for me and for my clients, it has been literally life-changing. Wow. I'm going to look more into that because yeah. by the sounds of it, I'm possibly a generator as well because I do tend to be the, the work, 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 exhaust myself, go to sleep, and then start again the next day. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I would love to to pull that, you know, pull your chart, your human design chart, and we can take a look. It takes a second. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, we can we can definitely see because I, I have a feeling you are too. <laughs> 
That's interesting. I see how you get lit up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I exactly. see how you get lit up. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that'd be fascinating. It would be. So what is next for you in business? Well, I am just working on some new um, offers. I have some quantum leap days within human design because what I found was um, the foundational readings I was doing, women were like wanting more. My clients were wanting more of like, okay, so I have the information now what? So we've been doing these kind of um, intensives and they've been magical to say the least. So um, that's been really fun. And also I have a book coming out later this summer in a manifestation exploration planner to really tune in to the things that are working in your life to, to create that version of yourself that you dream of and that you, you're wanting to step into and embody. And um, I am really excited about those. So the book is Stop the Sabotage Using Your Human Design to Create Money with Ease in Your Life. And uh, so the planner and the book come out in August and I have a women's retreat that is happening in, um, in Italy in October and another one that is happening in Africa in November. (laughs) Absolutely amazing. So Mm -hmm. how can people connect with you, Tiara? I can be reached on Instagram at the brave way. I also am on, um, all of the social, but that's my main. And um, my website is www.thebravewaytribe.com. Brilliant. Well, those details will be in the show notes so people can easily connect with you. I would just like to say a huge thank you very much for coming on the podcast. I've loved that conversation and I'm really looking forward to finding out more about my human design. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, Leslie. It really has been such an amazing time chatting with you. Thanks very much for listening to the latest episode of the Let's Talk Money and More podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to better understand your relationship with money, then please head to the resources section on my website, the Money Confidence Academy, and download my monthly money mindset audit. This will allow you to create a benchmark for where your relationship with money is right now and allow you to continue to measure it on a monthly basis as you do the inner work to improve it. You will also find a copy of my Money Archetypes Assessment at the same time, which will allow you to start to really understand which are your three primary money archetypes driving your relationship with money and how to use this information to make, spend, keep and invest more money. Or if you are a female online business owner, why not join my free Money Confidence community over on Facebook? A link to the group and other ways to connect with me can be found in the show notes. Finally, if you have enjoyed listening to the podcast, please do tell others about it. And I would love it if you rated it and gave a review.